Good morning. It is, uh, what is day? Wednesday, December 9th. Today, early coffee. And luckily, our warm cup of Illy coffee is wrapped up in a Dallas cup. Now, yesterday, yesterday we got to sit down a little bit and we talked about the certifications that CompTIA puts together. And they're pretty, you know, they're, they're a good set of certifications to get you started in the field. But how do you become more professional, right? How do you become more professional in the field? How do you show that you're advanced beyond the basic step that CompTIA generally, generally we look at CompTIA as providing these basic level, entry level certifications. And obviously with the CASP and things like that, we see them moving more towards the, the right side of experience, moving more towards experienced practitioners. But we do, we do generally look at CompTIA certifications as entry level. So what do we look at as more advanced level certifications? What are the most, what are some of these certifications that are more advanced? One of the organizations we're gonna talk about is ISACA. And ISACA offers six certifications and these certifications prove your experience in a specific domain. So these are more advanced certifications. And I know we talked a little bit yesterday about some of the costs um, associated with even the CompTIA exams. And they, they, can, they can be pretty pricey, right? But let's look at ISACA's certification requirements in today's video. And we got some folks coming in. Rainier's here this morning. Good morning, Rainier. Good to see you. Paul Downs. Oh, welcome from the UK, sir. Uh, good afternoon. It's uh, 7.30 a.m. here on the East Coast. And obviously earlier as you go across the country. And uh, you guys are having your afternoon. Good, good to see you. Yeah, we're... Uh, we're doing, we are doing well, sir. I didn't realize you're, didn't realize you were in the UK when we were talking yesterday. So today we're talking a little bit more about, you know, certifications. What are certifications? And this is prepping us for our talk next week when we start talking about career paths for people to travel down. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you made it. I hope you have your cup of coffee or maybe Paul. I don't know if you have a pint already. I don't know. And you're seven hours ahead. I guess I would only make it about 2.30 in the afternoon. If my seven or six, I was the daylight savings messes me up. I think it's, I think you guys are seven hours ahead, six hours. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. We'll have to figure out where Paul's at. UK, how many hours ahead is Paul over there in the UK? Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about Asaka. So let's uh, get on with it. Uh, give me one second, though. <laughs> it's pastry day. I just asked the Echo device across the room what the holiday was today. It is pastry day. So I guess get your pasty, get your Pop-Tart, pop get your uh, turnover, get whatever you want. Five hours ahead of the East Coast. Okay, five. I'm, I guess I'm used to being in, uh, you know, you had to do conversion to Zulu back in the, back in the day, and I was, I guess I was always in the mountains zone or 
even Pacific, trying to figure it out. Five hours ahead of the East Coast, 12.30 noon. I guess maybe might not be time for a pint yet. Um, and Eric's here. Good morning, Eric. Uh, Paul, good to see you, Paul. I'm glad uh, glad to see some folks a little, little further away. We've got a lot of folks close to Virginia here. We get uh, other folks across the, uh, the country to watch. Good to have you here. So let's roll the intro and we'll talk about our good friends at ISACA. Do, do, do. If I can get my whole system working here, we will jump over, jumping over to look at PowerPoint. So, today we're going to have an overview of ISACA certifications. Um, and we'll talk about ISACA a little bit. So, ISACA is an international professional association focused on information technology governance. That's kind of where they find their niche. They're, they're talking more about governance. Um, its official name is the Information Systems Audit and Control Association, although they really don't go by that. Now they just go by ISACA as an, as an acronym only. They really don't fall back on that full title. They just go by ISACA. So we talk about ISACA, we'll be talking this, this folks. If you want to go back to the, you can see their roots, right? Information Systems Audit and Control. You know, the roots are in audit. That's where their roots are in. And we're going to see that when we start talking about their certifications, right? So well, that's a little bit of a blurry slide, but these are the six certifications we'll be talking about. These are the six that ISACA maintains, has created, can issue all the good stuff. Um, and let's get beyond this, this ugly slide. So let's talk about the first certification they have. Uh, first certification is the CISA, and this shows their roots. This shows the roots of ISACA. It's the Certified Information Systems Auditor. And this certification really does show roots and audit it. It generally gets people ready to become auditors for, for security control auditing. Um, a lot of times you'll see this online or on par with the CISSP. A different set of skills though. CISSP, remember, it's it's wide. It covers many domains in security. It depends on when you took it, eight to 10 different domains in security. You cover them at a level that is what they always say, a mile wide and an inch deep. And we'll talk about that when we talk about ISC squared, but we talk about CISA, that's on par with the CISP. So the cost for this, if you're a member, you always get a better price with ISACA and it's $50 to join. So you can do the math. You're gonna save a hundred bucks on one uh, certification. Books are cheaper, other things are cheaper. It's always better, at least while you're taking the exams to be a member of ISACA, right? They're gonna to want to be a member. They're gonna to want to be a member of a local chapter as well. But as soon as you take one exam, you've actually saved money by becoming a member. So member price 676, <laughs> 465 uh, for the member price, 595 if you're not a member, right? 150 questions, you got a four hour time limit to take the CISA exam. So here's what we talk about, 21% in information systems auditing and that process, 17% in governance and management of IT, 
12% in information systems acquisition, development, and implementation, 23% in information systems operation and business resilience, and 27% in protection of information assets. So if you're going to be an auditor, and also if you're, you're looking to go the route of control assessor, the CISA is a good certification, certification to get to prove that you know that stuff. So on to the next, the C risk, right? So these aren't in order of when they were issued. Um, these are the, in the order that um, ISACA wants to present them. So we followed that when we put the slides together. So the C risk is you're certified in risk and information systems control. So as you can guess, this is a good certification for your risk management professionals. Um, so if you're looking at risk management, if you're looking at working in um, like governance or even in leadership, this is a good certification for you to get. So cost for members, 575, non-members, 760. Again, you can see that benefit of being a member. Again, 150 questions four hour time limit, we talk about 27%, we talk about IT risk identification, 28% is IT risk assessment, 23% risk response and mitigation, and 22% risk control and monitoring and reporting, right? So C risk. One thing I didn't mention up front, get it out right up front. If you're going to take these, there's also some experience requirements and you're going to have to fill out some paperwork to prove that you have the experience required. And we'll dive into those deeper when we dive into the individual um, videos about each actual individual certification. So we'll actually, you know, cover a individual video on C-Risk, an individual video on CISA, that kind of thing. This again, like we did yesterday with CompTIA, this is a high level overview of each and every certification that they offer, right? So CISM, Certified in Information Security Manager. Um, this cost, again, 575 for members, 760 for non-members, 150 questions, a four-hour time limit, 24% in Information Security Governance, 30% Information Risk Management, 27% in Information Security Program Development and Management, and 19% in Information Security Incident Management. This is a good certification if you want to be in leadership, you want to build security programs. If you want to go into an organization and build a security program for the organization, this is the great certification for you. This is where you want to be. If you want to be an information security manager, running a program, building a program, developing a program, that's what we talk about in this certification. And even if you don't want to take the certification, you can grab a CISM book. A lot of great information is covered in the CISM and the, the material that preps you for the CISM uh, exam, right? Now we get into some of the newer and a little bit, you know, a little bit, I guess, um, maybe unknown. Maybe unknown is a good word for these ones. Well, a lot of people don't know about these certifications, even C-Risk. A lot of people don't know about C-Risk, but it's, it's getting more traction, right? So the CGEIT, this is Certified in Governance of Enterprise IT, right? Um, you can see the same, same kind of pattern over here. Members, 575, non-members, 760 to take the certification exam. 150 question, four hour time limit. 
40% governance of enterprise IT, 15% IT resources, 26% benefits realization, and 19% risk optimization, right? So this is if you're going into governance, right? If you're going into leadership or governance, this is the one you want. And where you want to go in security, this is the this is the premier certification for governance, the folks in governance, right? Here's a new one. This is new. This came out in 2020. This is the CSXP, the Cybersecurity Practitioner Certification, right? So this one, I, we don't have the percentages, right? We talk about this certification follows the MITRE ATT&CK framework and the cybersecurity framework, right? So if we follow the cybersecurity framework, we see we identify, protect, detect, respond, recover, just like the cybersecurity framework down below. Talk about business and security environment, the operational security readiness, threat detection and evaluation, and incident response and recovery. Um, we cover this certification is great for someone who's working with the cybersecurity framework, working in a, a security operations center. And this is weird. This is not, you know, the, the exams up to this point have been multiple choice. Um, this is, and they've been 150 questions, four hours. So we have four hours here. There's 20 events, really. They're not questions, they're events. And this is a performance-based certification. So you have to be able to, de to deal with the event and you'll be graded on how you deal with the event. So this is perfect for someone in the SOC, Security Operations Center, or somebody dealing with incident response, right? Identify, protect, detect, respond, recover. That is the cybersecurity framework. This certification directly lines up with the cybersecurity framework. Again, those folks that are doing incident response, working in the SOC, this is the certification you want. Uh, and again, we see the, the normal prices that we're going to expect from ISACA. Um, now, this one is the newest certification, right? This is the Certified Data Privacy Solutions Engineer. This is, this is so new, there's, there's no questions, there's no time limits, because right now what they're doing is they're allowing people to be grandfathered in. So this happened probably... 10 years ago with the C-Risk when it came out, is if you have the experience requirements that are required for this certification, they will let you be admitted to the certification based on a resume you provide, proof of your experience that you provide to ISACA. Um, it's essentially being grandfathered into the program. So you'll be among the first people to get the CDPSE, or the Certified Data Privacy Solutions Engineer. It's the privacy certification. If you work in privacy or if you work in privacy controls, this is one you want. We talk about privacy governance, privacy architecture, um, data lifecycle, that kind of stuff is what we're talking about here. If you look over on the left there, this one could blow your doors off, right? For members, the price of getting in on the grandfathering is $695. And you have to pay that before you submit your paperwork to see if you can get accepted for grandfathering. Non-members will pay $880, $880 to, to submit your resume and your packet to be 
potentially grandfathered in. Obviously, if you don't get grandfathered in, I think they refund that. But we'll cover that more when we dive deeper into the CDPSE in a later video. But this is the newest of the ISACA certifications. This is the Certified Data Privacy Solutions Engineer. It rounds them out with six certifications that they provide to people. It's a, um, it's, that, it's the half dozen, it's the half dozen uh, look of, of these folks. So that's what we're talking about. That's the, that's the, the certifications that ISACA offers. Definitely not as many as CompTIA because they're so focused on what they do. Again, they're, they're focused on governance. So you're going to see certifications like CISA and CISM, where we talk about audit or management. C-RISC, where we talk about risk. Um, governance of IT, we talk about governance. The new one, CSXP, where we talk about security operations and the cybersecurity framework. Um, and then the privacy one, what's the CDPSE. That's a, that's a mouthful, but really that's... The, the privacy. If you're a privacy expert, that's the one you want. So we've got we got some uh, conversations going on here. Paul's a bit of a toss-up between the CISA and the C-RISC for my next next exam. I guess it depends on which way you want to go, right? You're gonna definitely look at two different bodies of knowledge, and there there is overlap between them. Uh, more auditing or more risk management uh, depends on where where you want to go. You know, see risk. We talk about things like KRIs and KPIs, and 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 how we define risk and audit. We talk about how to go in and assess a system, ensure that that it's you it is uh, working correctly, and and audit it for its control functionality. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, folks. So that was a quick rundown. It definitely didn't take as long as yesterday. Um, do know that. For each of these, there's going to be some experience requirement. You're gonna to have to, gonna to have to prove your experience in the domain when you finalize. So you can you can take the exam without that, but you can't get into you can't actually be issued the certification until you fill out some paperwork. And ISACA does it a little bit differently. They're gonna have you fill out some paperwork to define your your experience. Then you're going to provide them with, I think, two or three, I can't remember now, it's been a little bit, two or three references that they can contact to validate your experience. So it's going to take a little bit from when you take the test to when you're actually issued, take and pass the test, I should say, to when you're actually issued the certification. So it takes a little while. Eric's thinking about looking in the C-RISC first, um, or C-RISC, looking in the C-RISC. The good thing about if you if you're looking at, if you're looking in the risk world, Right. Um, we, we can look at things like, and later we'll talk about ISC squared's CAP, the the Certified Authorization Professional. Um, that looks at risk from the system level up through the organization. The C risk rounds out your experience by looking at risk from the leadership level down through the organization. So you get these two different views of risk. CAP looking from the system level up, or what we call Tier 3. And then C-RISC looks at risk from Tier 1. So something like the risk executive function or risk leadership that advises 
leaders in the organization. And we look at these two different views. And once, if we, even if we just study, we don't get certification. If we study the cap and study the C-risk information, we get this view where we get system up and also uh, leadership down. And, and we get a good meet in the middle where we can look at a holistic picture of risk. Um, it's a good way to go about it. So that's all I got to say. Pretty short today because ISACA only focuses on these three, or excuse me, these six certifications. Um, and really, the, the two masters, the two that used to be around for a long, long time without anything else was the CISA and the CISM. Then they added the C-RISC and then they added the CGEIT. -E then this year, 2020, they added the CSXP. Remember that one's the one where we tie into the cybersecurity framework, and now they're grandfathering people into the new, newest certification, the CDPSE. That's that privacy expert, and that that'll be a. That I'm assuming when it becomes a test, it'll be 150 questions in four hours. It costs you about the same. If you think you have the requirements and you're going to want to get that certification, now might be the time to do it because when you're grandfathered in, you don't take the exam. You just get grandfathered in and they give you the certification. They can give it to you. They give it to you based on your experience. So I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about ISACA? Are you carrying? Are you card-carrying members of ISACA? Are you joined to a chapter? Are you an ISACA member? Are you? Uh, do you carry credentials only and you're not a member of ISACA? That's what a lot of people do. They're a member while they're going through certification. Then they drop their membership once they become fully certified to the level they want because then... You know, they, they just pay their dues after that, pay their recertification dues. That's the other thing you have to remember, ISACA, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about each individual certification, but there's a payment required to renew your certifications, um, unlike what we have over in uh, CompTIA. So that's what I got to say. If you guys are here and you like what, you, what, what we're talking about, definitely comment. Let me know this is what we want to talk about. I'm, I'm excited to get to next week when we start talking about career paths and put some of these certifications and experience on the timeline for folks and determining this is what you should get when. That's going to be fun. Um, if you do like this stuff, hit the, hit, the, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell to be notified. You know, it, it, it just it, it makes it easier for everyone. Helps us. Hit that thumbs up. Like the channel. Like the video if you like it. And uh, share with your friends. That's what I got to say. Uh, Joe. Good morning, Joe. Dang it. Haven't seen you for a while. Sism, C-Risk. Pricey sounds good, but a bit... Pricey one sounds good. Yeah. They, they are pricey, and you know, you know that as well as anyone else. You have been around the field a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, these certifications are going to cost you. So that's why it's important to pick the right ones. That's what we started talking about yesterday. Pick the right certifications because not only do you have to maintain those CPEs or this continuing educational unit CEUs, some places call them, but you're going to, in some some cases, like ISACA and ISC squared, you're going to have to pay to maintain that certification over time. And they do use different models, um, but it's going to cost you money. So pick the ones that fit where you're going. And that means you got to know where you're going. You got to know your path. You got to, you know, if you spend a lot of time getting your C risk and your CISM and maybe your CDPSE and you spend all that money and then you realize you want to be a pen tester, I mean, the certifications are nice, but they're not going to help you 
in that job. They're not going to help you get ahead in that field. So it's important to know where you want to go um, and go forward. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> Grandfather in the sea risk. It, it's funny. I remember, uh, I think it was before I met you because I would have been at the FBI then. I remember when the sea risk grandfathering came out and I was like, I don't, I've never heard of this thing. I don't know what it is. Um, it was a lot of paperwork to fill out and I just like, I'm not going to do this. And then lo and behold, um, the folks at St. Louis University asked me to teach a class in sea risk. So I had to go sit for and take the exam for sea risk. Um, so I could teach the course. Crazy. If I should have just filled out the paperwork and done it early like you did, Joe. You're a smart guy. That's why, you know, smarter than me because I ended up taking the certification. So if you think you're going to work in privacy and you think you've got the experience now, be like Joe. Get grandf grand grandfathered in. It's going to keep you from taking the exam. Privacy. Will it be a fad like the Cabbage Patch doll? Cabbage patch doll? Who knows? I think with the legal requirements, um, especially in the European Union, I don't think privacy is going anywhere. I think it's just going to become more and more strict. Uh, GDPRC, um, our privacy laws are probably going to change. As you know, even the Computer Security Act of 87 is going up in front of the Supreme Court. So things are going to change, I think. I, Alex, I think privacy is going to be around a while. If you're a privacy professional working in privacy, and we see even with 853 Revision 5, we see privacy and security being sewn together now. Um, there still is the option to have separate privacy assessors and security assessors, but I think you're going to see more and more of a combination of an assessor that looks at both privacy and security at the same time. And the same thing on the implementation time side. I think you're going to see implementers that implement both privacy controls and security controls because really there's not a vast difference between the two of them. If you think about it, not a lot of difference. One's, pri one's providing privacy, one's providing security. Kind of, Kind of the same thing. So that's where we're at. We're on. It is Wednesday. It's hump day. We're halfway through the week. Hopefully you're getting where you need to go, getting things done. Um, let's go out there and, and, and as, as is um, Mike Bravo, and Mike and Sierra Bravo say, let's go get some. I'm going to say take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers. Take care of each other. Go be good today. Go do some good out in the world you live in. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. We'll talk about another certification provider and the, certif the certificates or the certifications that they offer and they maintain. So till tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m. We'll be right here. Same bat time, same bat channel.